God is good. So last week, uh, we started talking about um, really our authority over the enemy and what it means to be free. Like, what does it mean when we say we want freedom and we want freedom in Christ? What does that look like? What does that mean? And of course, we talked about how a lot of times we think that freedom means it's the absence of things. Man, I'll be free if, if there's an absence of uh, addiction, if there's an absence of oppression, if there's an absence of um, self-doubt and things like that. And then we think that means freedom. But how many of you know that that is not freedom to just get out of things because someone out in the world can get free from addiction, but they don't truly walk in freedom until they are in Christ. Amen. So true freedom looks like you are walking with Jesus. You have Jesus inside of you. You are one with Christ. That's what real freedom is. Amen. Now, how many of you know that we're in this process of being transformed by the renewing of our minds? So we have to renew our minds to the truth that already is true, that we are one with Christ. Amen. And this is what that process of freedom looks like because Jesus already paid for it. Amen. So now we're renewing our mind, coming out of the world system and coming into the system and the value and the culture of the kingdom and renewing our mind to kingdom reality. Amen? Okay? All right, so last message. Uh, the reason we're going after this is because we've been in this series of healing, um, and I don't know what the percentage is, but there's quite a large percentage of healing that is actually deliverance. Amen? And so uh, not all of it, and there's no formula you know, if you're looking for a formula, you're not going to find it. Um, the only formula we have is follow Holy Spirit. Amen? There's, there's one type of infirmity that could be a spirit, and the next time you pray for the same infirmity, it's just a healing. Amen? So the game is to be led by Holy Spirit. Um, and so last week, I was so excited because I had a three-point message for the first time. I'm like, you guys, I have three points. And then we only got to point one. <laughs> so we're going to do point two today and see how far we get. Um, but uh, what we talked about is how there's only two categories of spirits, okay? Two categories of spirits. That is the, every spirit that has to do with Holy Spirit. And then there is any other spirit that is not from Jesus, not from Holy Spirit, and it is called the Antichrist spirit. Amen? Okay? We also talked about how there's two trees. There were two trees in the garden. There's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Okay, now how many of you know that standing on a good branch of this tree produces death? Okay, on this tree is law and legalism and judgment and earning and striving and pass or fail, competition, comparison, blame, shame. This is not a tree that was meant for human beings. Amen? Okay, um, who is it that wants human beings to eat from this tree? devil, the serpent, right? And then we have the tree of life. And who is the tree of life? Jesus Christ is the tree of life. He hung on a tree. He broke every curse. When we take communion and we eat of his blood and his flesh, we are eating of the fruit of the tree of life. Amen. He is the way, the truth, and the life, okay? So these two trees are two entirely different systems, two entirely different ways of thinking, two entirely different ways of trying to relate to God, 
Okay, so part of this renewing our mind is coming off of this tree where I'm going to evaluate my prayer life based on how many hours I've spent, based on the best devotional that I can find and say, yay, I checked a box because I hit the the prayer list. Amen. To get out of this way of thinking and come over to the tree of life where we access Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, where it's all about connection, it's all about relationship, it's all about intimacy, it's about being friends with the Lord, it's about being the bride. Amen? Totally different system, totally different way of thinking, and it's really easy in the Christian world to live on this tree. Really easy. And people living on this tree of right and wrong and good things and bad things and evaluation and success and drivenness and all that stuff looks really good on a Christian, right? But at the heart of it, we're, we're being rooted in self, okay? We're either living for self on this tree. Maybe we jump on a bad branch and we're going to go and live a, a debaucherous life. Is that even a word, debaucherous? <laughs> licentious living. We could jump on a bad branch and live licentiously, and we're living for self. We could also jump on a good branch on the same tree and live a religious, judgmental life where we're criticizing everybody, and that is still the tree that the enemy wants you to eat from. Amen? Amen? <laughs> okay. That branch produces death. Yes, the religious spirit is not something that anyone needs for transformation in their life. The religious spirit is a demonic spirit that people need deliverance from. The devil is the biggest legalist that you will ever find. Amen? So we want to get off of this tree, get completely off of this tree. Whole whole different way of thinking, amen? Okay, there are two different kingdoms. Okay, two kingdoms. Okay, we talked about how people think that the devil is down in hell where he has a palace and he rules and reigns and is having a wonderful time with his cohorts and he's plotting and planning, you know, and that is actually not biblically correct. He's actually not in hell yet. Where is the devil? On the earth. Where does he live? On the earth, in fact, 2 Corinthians 4.4 says that Satan is the god of this world. He's the god of this world, okay? So this world kingdom belongs to who? Him, okay? Now we also have the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is everything having to do with the Lord, with Holy Spirit, goodness, purity, you know, all the fruit of the Spirit. That's what the kingdom feels like. It looks like righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom. Totally different system, totally different way of evaluating. It is a kingdom of love and grace and honor. It is a kingdom of connection. Amen? All right. So, This is why we are to be in the world, but not of it. Okay? We're to be in the world, but not of it. This is also why we're told not to love the world. 1 John 2, 15 to 17 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. 
okay? We're not supposed to love the world. We're supposed to be in it, but not of it, amen? We're not supposed to live for self or from self. In fact, we're supposed to die to self, okay? The, the kingdom that Satan rules in is all about self, all about self, self-centeredness and all those things. That is, that is Satan's kingdom, amen? But we're from the kingdom. We are citizens of heaven. We are foreigners in this world, Amen? It should feel like you don't fit in here. Amen? How many of us try so hard to fit in and want to be rewarded by the world systems and receive the applause of men when we're actually not supposed to fit in here? Amen? Okay? So when Satan tempted Jesus, what did he offer him? What did he offer Jesus? Luke 4, 5 through 8, and the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me. Now, why did Satan say it has been delivered to me? Who delivered it to him? Adam and Eve. Good job, you guys, theologians. <laughs> okay, so Adam and Eve, when they ate of the knowledge of good and evil was when they handed over their authority to Satan, and Satan became the god of this world. Does this make sense? Not a good tree, not a tree that we want to be on, okay? So he offers this to Jesus. He says, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So in other words, do not love the world's systems, do not love the world's kingdoms, because it is Satan's territory, It's Satan's territory, okay? Every human system, like all the things that, that we look at and see, it's like this originates, the drivenness and all the things, it originates from Satan, okay? But we're to be from a whole nother kingdom. Now, you look around at the world, and you see that there is quite a, a downward turn, would you say, morally? <laughs> Am I the only one that's, that's seeing that? That, wow, there's a lot of confusion in the world. Wow, there's a lot of growing hatred. There's a lot of growing violence and, uh, and you know, perversity and things like that. Now, we can look at the world, and I hear people say, this is a war between good and evil. And it is not a war between good and evil, because that would be a war on just this tree. Does this make sense? This is not a war between good and evil. This is a war between Christ and Antichrist. Does this make sense? Christ and Antichrist. That's the war that we're in. So we have to be really, really clear when we jump on our good branches of what we think is right, that we are actually coming in the right spirit because it's really easy to start partnering with the enemy in judgment and criticism and harshness, dishonor, and all those things on this tree. Does this make sense? And think we're fighting the right battle. But it's the wrong battle if you are on this tree. The right battle is being led by Holy Spirit and bringing Christ. Christ is truth, okay? The law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Amen? Are we getting it? Okay. Now, are we familiar now with what kingdom we belong to? 
and what it looks like, okay? It's really important that we have this foundation so that we understand where we're going and what it is that we've been given access to. So with that, my number one point from last time that we didn't get past that was that freedom is alignment with God. First point, number one, freedom is alignment with God. It's that I'm going to get off this tree and onto this tree. I'm in alignment with God, body, soul, and spirit. If there is anything, any doors open to the enemy, I want to shut those doors. Because if I'm going to take ground and if I'm going to take territory back from the enemy, I cannot have things in common with him. Does this make sense? Okay? It's going to be not an abundant life if I have doors open and agreements that I'm in with the enemy that I'm hanging on to that agreement. Does this make sense? If I'm believing a lie, man, I have this addiction, but this world is just not livable without this addiction. There is a lie that you're believing, and that's a lie from the enemy. Because actually, the presence of God, the glory of God is the most satisfying thing. That was the thing you were created for. You were created as a worshiper to worship him and him alone. Amen? So actually, true freedom and joy and fulfillment is found in him and in his presence. Amen? Okay, so we want to come into alignment with God. So if you missed that message, go back and listen to it because we talk about all the different doors that can be open to the enemy. We don't have time to go after that, but you want to go in and shut those doors. And again, I'm going to plug our Freedom Center. Uh, We do sozo and inner healing and stuff like that. If you need help walking through, shutting some doors, breaking some lies, breaking agreements with the enemy, um, it is fantastic. Um, Email transform, what is it called? Freedom center at awakenlifechurch.net if you want uh, to find some of that. So um, freedom is alignment with God and getting out of agreements with the enemy. How are we going to destroy the works of the enemy and set captives free if we are still in agreement with the enemy? Amen? Okay. So our authority in Christ is because of the authority of Christ. So we're going to read scripture. Are you guys ready? We're going to read a lot of scripture. Someone say the word is good. The word helps us to rightly divide. It's living and active. Amen? Okay, so Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. Someone say his inheritance. His inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority. Someone say far above. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So what does that scripture say? The enemy may be the God of this world, but what did Jesus do? (laughs) He won authority, okay? So he has authority, all the powers and dominions or whatever are under his feet. Does this make sense? 
So that is the inheritance that we have, that we can walk in that authority too. Now, if you keep reading in that, um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 7 says, and you were dead in your trespasses. Where were you? Dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Do you see where we were? We were dead in our trespasses. We ate from the wrong tree, and we were walking according to the course of this world, the system, the kingdom that the enemy ruled and reigned in. Does this make sense? Okay. Of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Amen. So where is Jesus seated? In at the right hand of the Father, okay? Where are we seated? In heavenly places with Christ Jesus. What does it say? That all of the powers of the darkness and authorities and dominions and all those things are under Jesus' feet. Amen? If we are seated next to him in the heavenly places, where are all those things? Under our feet. So the moment that you got born again, you didn't get born again into this personal salvation. You got born again into a kingdom, into an army, into a culture where the enemy is now under your feet. He may be the God of this world, but he has no authority over you. Amen? You have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Amen? Now, if people don't know what it is that they have access to, that they don't live a very victorious life. Amen? We walk around going, the devil beat up on me again this week. He was so rough on me. Oh, my gosh. You too? Oh, man. He's really beating us up. Jesus, would you please do something? Jesus already did something. Amen? Jesus already did something. Okay? He says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give who? You. You authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Amen. Now, how many of you believe that if Jesus were walking on the planet again today in his physical form, that he could probably cast a demon out with his little pinky? Okay. In fact, like, I think it's Luke 11.20, that if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom has come near to you. Amen? Do you think that Jesus can cast out a demon with his little pinky? Amen? Who are we? Christ in us. We are one with Christ. The church is his body, and he is the head. Amen? So if you are his body, and let's say you are a tiny little pinky, or little pinky toe, do you think that you have enough authority to cast out a demon? In fact, you have the authority to push back darkness. Amen? 
in, in one little pinky, if you are a brand new believer, is the blood enough for a brand new believer to cast out a demon? Amen. So how many of you know that if we're walking around saying, the devil beat up on me this week, he was so rough and we're glorifying the enemy, I've done this, we've all done this, we call it intercession, <laughs> Jesus, right, right, that's not the life that we've been given, it's, it's one thing to, to go and talk to me and be like, man, what, what, the enemy's had a strategy, right? Um, this, this is something that I feel. There's, there's been a weariness that has attacked people in the body of Christ. How many of you would say that you have felt an attack of weariness more recently? I, I know that I have. Look at that. Yeah. The enemy always wants to kill, steal, and destroy, okay? So that's been his plan. And we can get together and be like, oh, man, you too? You've been experiencing this. Oh, it's one thing to complain. It's another thing to identify. It's a whole other thing to say, weariness, get out in Jesus' name. You have no authority over me. I'm from a different kingdom. I am not of this world. So weariness, back off. Get off of me. And I'm not going to partner with weariness and start looking through my life, amen, and be like, oh, man, maybe I've got a sickness Wait, what's going on? Maybe I should check this or check that, right? Amen. And how many of you know we want to take care of our bodies? But when you see that's like there's been an attack, there's times that you know, push back the darkness. Amen? Push back the darkness in Jesus' name. Amen? Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that's what we're up against. We're never fighting against people. Amen? It's always the enemy. He is always the jerk. <laughs> Amen? It's always him, okay? But how many of you know that there is nothing in the New Testament that told believers to pray to God that he would deal with the devil? Never once. Not in the New Testament, okay? God, would you deal with this weariness spirit that's attacking me? God, please. God, would you take this from me? That's actually not scriptural. Amen? Behold, I give you, authority, okay? He gave authority to his church, to his bride. So if we're not backing the enemy up, who is going to? He already did his part, amen? He's the head, we're the body, okay? Now we are 100% fully, totally, hopelessly dependent upon the head, amen? But we are his hands and feet, amen? And he believes in the church. He says, I am building my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Amen. He's already given us all that we need to succeed. He's already given us the authority. Amen. So if we're not walking in that authority, right, then his hands and feet are just sitting still. Does this make sense? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark 16 says, go into all the world and preach. And it says that these signs will follow those who believe. What is the very first sign that someone is a believer? That they cast out demons. Mm -hmm. Okay. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Hallelujah. Okay. So how many of you know we need to exercise authority over the devil? 
This is not just an optional item that is available to you as believers. It is actually our responsibility to drive back darkness. Amen? We were born into a kingdom. We were born into an army. This is not just like, oh, guess what? We have access to this. I mean, it's great. It's very, very good news. But there's also a responsibility that we have as the church. When we go and see the world and the, the condition of the world, we have to look at the church and be like, where is it that we are giving up ground? Where is it that we have been passive? Where is it that we have been too busy on this tree trying to worry about our own salvation, trying to strive and earn and just like, God, I don't even know if I'm going to heaven, so I got to try harder. And gosh, this isn't even good news, so I don't even know how to share the gospel because all I know is, is I'm just trying to make it to heaven. And do you see why that there has been a powerless church? Amen. We're meant to be on this tree, led and empowered by Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not the optional third member of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is foundational. Christianity 101, you cannot live this Christian life without the empowerment of Holy Spirit. You were never meant to. You were never meant to live a natural life. You were meant to live a supernatural life with his empowerment. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have a responsibility to walk in the authority that's been given to us. How many of you want to give Jesus everything that he paid for? Amen. I want my life. Lord, I just want to get you everything that you paid for. Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you know that uh, in the scripture, what is bound on earth will be bound in heaven? What is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. How many of you know that heaven didn't do anything until it was bound on earth? Heaven didn't do anything until it was loosed on earth, right? So there is this partnership that we're meant to walk in. We're like, God, do something. And he's like, I already did. Do something. <laughs> you have the keys. You have authority. Stop glorifying the enemy and how big and scary he is, right? He is a defeated foe. He has no power. He is defeated and disarmed. And God even made a public spectacle of him in front of the angels, right? He has no feet and no arms. Defeated, disarmed. <laughs> no feet, no arms, right? All he has are lies. And the reason he uses lies is so that he can get delegated authority from us, where we say, here you go, come on in. Amen? Let's push him back. Amen? <laughs> Resist the devil. Let's, let's start at the beginning of that verse. Submit to God, okay? Authority comes through submission to the proper authority. Amen? Okay. So submit to God. In other words, point one from last week, align yourself with God. Okay. Submit to God, resist the devil, and then he will flee. And now those of you that have been in the messages the last couple of weeks, flee means what? To run as if in terror. <laughs> if you submit and resist the devil, he will run as though in terror from you. Now, how many of you know he roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? He's looking for permission. But how many of you know he is not a, a, a lion? 
He roams like a lion, but he is not a lion. We serve the lion of the tribe of Judah who is roaring over us. Amen. He is the lion of the tribe of praise. He's enthroned on our praise. And where is the kingdom? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand. Not way up there. God, please, somewhere, angels, way up there. No, the kingdom of heaven is right here. Right here. Right all around us. If you cast a devil out with your finger, then the kingdom has come near to you. Amen? It's time to push him back. Now it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't say that he will flee from Jesus. It says he will run away from you because you have authority in Christ. In fact, you are one with Christ. Amen? This is good news, you guys. This is really, really good news. We are not powerless. We are not victims of the enemy. We are not victims of the enemy. Hallelujah. We're not a victim of our beliefs. We're not a victim of the lies. Amen. It's time to push back the darkness. Now, Ephesians talks about putting on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor. The full armor. Amen. We want to be girded with that belt of truth. Okay. The truth of who Jesus is who we are in Christ. Amen. We need the breastplate of righteousness. Where do we get our righteousness from? Jesus. That is, this is not about self-righteousness. Oh gosh, you've got a chink in your armor if you did this wrong or that wrong. No, the breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness that we have through Christ and the gift that he gave to us. Amen. So that we are righteous. We are in right standing and that protects your heart. Amen. The helmet of salvation. Amen. That blessed assurance of salvation protects your mind. So many believers are over here wondering about their salvation on this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But this is what actually protects your mind. And the battlefield of the enemy is in your mind. Amen. I am saved. There's good news. Amen. Hallelujah. The shoes on your feet are what? Peace. Amen. The, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. So you can walk in peace with every step because you know the good news. You know that we've already won. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So once you put all your armor on, then it says, and praying in the spirit. Amen. So how many of you know you don't want to start out praying without putting on the armor? Amen. Is it just me? Has, has anyone ever like gotten in the prayer closet and you're just like, God, it's been so hard. Jesus, like, are you there? <laughs> what is happening? And like all the bills and like all the, like you said, but like, what is happening? Right? Anyone ever complained to God? Like anybody have like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I spent an hour in the prayer closet, but I was just like worrying, you know, God, what about this? What about that? Right? right? There's, it, there's a different thing when we come in knowing who we are in Christ. Just coming into that place, okay, I'm putting on truth. I know I'm in right standing with God. I know that I'm saved. I know that I can walk in peace because of the gospel. I know that I can pray in the spirit. Oh, by the way, shield of faith. Come on, shield of faith. Put on your shield of faith and then pray in the spirit. Amen? It's a very different scenario when you pray in the spirit knowing your place, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are not underneath the enemy saying, God, would you help me? Would you rescue me? You are over and above all the power of the enemy saying, this thing needs to move in Jesus' name. 
Amen? Amen. The Bible says that our message and our preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God, so that people's faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Amen. How many of you know that is the normal life of a believer, to walk in the supernatural power of God where we demonstrate his spirit, where we demonstrate his power. Amen. That's what we're meant to do. Now, why is it that when we preach the gospel, we're called to then demonstrate his spirit in power? Why, why do you demonstrate something? So that you can see, so you can see how it works like infomercials, right? It's so that you know how to use it, so that you know what's available. Amen? So it's like we don't have to talk people into the kingdom. We have to show people who Jesus is still today. Amen? And then they know that they have access to that too, so that they're not looking to us as like, wow, you're the anointed one, and I'm going to bring everyone to come get healed by you. No, the whole point is you have as much authority the day you are born again because of Jesus' blood. Amen. So we want to activate and empower people in the spirit. Amen. All right. The authority is yours. The responsibility is yours too. So finally, we come to point number two. <laughs> I think I might need to give up on the, the points. I, I tried. I tried. The, the message 101 says you should have three points. Whatever. Okay. So, <laughs> so point number two. Freedom. Point number one, freedom is alignment with God. Point number two, freedom means that we're taking ground. If you are free in Christ, then this is an advancing faith. Amen? The believers go from glory to glory to glory to glory. The kingdom is advancing. Amen? Unless we know what belongs to us, unless we know how to take authority and have victory over darkness, we will walk in powerlessness. So, Deuteronomy 2.31, this is God talking to Moses. The Lord said to me, Moses, see, I have begun to deliver Sihon, Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to occupy that you may possess his land. Repeat after me. Begin to occupy that you may possess his land. Amen. Begin to possess it that you may inherit the land. So you have to do the possessing. Amen. The promised land's already been given, but you have to do the possessing of it. Does this make sense? Okay. If someone writes you a check for a million dollars, you don't have a million dollars until you go and possess it. Go put it in the bank. Amen. Okay. Joshua 1.3 this is God talking to Joshua now, entering into the promised land. He says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Amen? So God has given it, but it does not become mine in reality until I possess it, till I tread on the land. Amen? So what are you treading on? What are you treading on? Because God's already provided the way. He's already provided the promised land for you. It's there for you. It is your inheritance in Christ. Amen? So where is it that you are needing to step that God gives you that land? Amen? Okay? Some of us are waiting for God to give it to us for us to take the step. 
but God says, take a step, and I'm giving it to you. Amen? Okay? So I want us all to ask Holy Spirit right now. So just close your eyes and just repeat after me. Holy Spirit, what is a promise of God that I haven't possessed yet that you're wanting me to tread on? Okay. If he's showing you something or speaking something to you, we just pop your hand up real quick so I know that people are hearing. All right, Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you, Father, that your word promises that your sheep hear your voice. Thank you, Lord, that those who are of God hear the spoken words of God. So I thank you, Lord, that you're highlighting things, giving pictures. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So it's time to start walking in that promise. And as you walk into it, it's yours. Amen. Psalm 91.13 says, You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the dragon you will trample down. Amen. And then, of course, Luke 10.19, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. So part of taking the step into the promised land is treading on the enemy. Because how many of you know that there's giants in the land? Okay? So now whatever that promise is, that God highlighted to you, there's probably some things around it that feel really difficult or that feel impossible, or maybe there's been words spoken against you in that very area. Maybe there's pain in that very area, but you are meant to trample on the enemy's head and take the ground where the enemy is. Amen? Amen. So serpents and scorpions, what does that represent? Serpents and scorpions. Serpents would be lies. Mm-hmm. Scorpions. They sting, right? They sting. There's stinging words. There's poisonous lies. There's intimidation, amen, from stepping into your land. But are you treading on it? Are you treading on it? The words that your family spoke over you, the words that kids in school spoke over you, or whatever it was, the stinging words, are you treading on them, or are you examining them and weighing them to see if they're true, and waiting to see if they're true before you take a step? I'm telling you that that's backwards. God says, take a step, and I'm giving you that. Amen? We have to wrap our minds around the kingdom value and how we operate in the kingdom where we believe first and then we see it. Amen? Don't wait around until you wake up one day feeling like taking the promised land, right? You don't want to wake up in the morning and be like, God, what do I feel like today? It's like a better question is, God, what do I want to believe today? God, what do you want me to believe today? Amen? And I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to take a step. And man, the enemy is going to rage at you, and he's going to war in your ear all the lies and all the impossibilities and tell you you're not wise. He's going to try and get you to partner with fear and call fear wisdom. Amen? Right? But we want to partner with what God is doing and take a step and believe he's going to give it to you. Amen? Amen.
It's yours. Someone say, it's mine. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, it's yours. Amen. But when does it become yours in reality? When you possess it. When you put your foot down. Amen. Wherever you step, God is giving you the ground. Amen. It's up to you how much victory you have. How much ground do you want? How much ground do you want? How much ground does God have planned for you that we're actually responsible to take ground? Amen? How much ground do you want for your families? How much ground do you want for your generations? Amen? Jesus already won the victory. It's up to you to possess it. Amen? Don't wait for the results in order to change what you believe. Amen? Don't wait for the results in order to change what you believe. Amen? Believe and you will see different results. Tread on the ground in faith. Amen? Well, if God wants to heal me, it's just going to happen. If God wants to bless me financially, money's just going to rain down from the sky and into my lap. Right? No. <laughs> These are promises of the Lord, but if we don't step and take the ground and trample on the enemy, it doesn't become ours in reality. Amen? You have to believe it and go after it. Amen? I feel led to share this testimony. I shared this on Wednesday. By the way, we're having a wonderful time on Wednesday nights. It's been powerful. We've been having worship and uh, a short word and then breaking out into revival groups and praying over one another and stuff. And um, it was really powerful. But um, I shared this testimony, and I feel like I'm supposed to share it again. Um, there was a season that my husband and I were in a lot of debt, especially relatively to what we were getting paid at the time, where it was like one, one person job, very, very meager salary. And um, we were under $60,000 in, in debt. Um, that might sound like a lot to you. That might sound like very little to you, depending on where you're at. But for us, that was a lot. And um, the, the Lord really put it on our heart that it was time for us to move into a, a more prosperous life and to come out of poverty thinking. It felt overwhelming. It felt impossible to go after that, especially with the amount of money that we had to put toward it. But God really put it on our heart, like, you need to conquer this. And so we're like, okay. So we prayed. We sought counsel from godly people that had wisdom in this area. Amen. How many of you know that part of your miracle might be someone else in this room that has some skills? skills and giftings that you don't, and that's why we also want to come together in community and family. Amen? So we sought wisdom and counsel, and we developed a budget that was very aggressive towards debt. We started tithing um, regularly. Like, we would kind of come in and out of that and a little scared and stuff like that. We're like, nope, tithe comes first. Then we're paying this huge amount towards debt. It means that we actually have to back off what we're eating in groceries uh, because we're willing to sacrifice this. And it was going to look like it was going to take a few years to get out of that level of debt at the amount that we were throwing at it. And we just decided we're like, okay, God, we believe you. And we took the step, even though the enemy's warring and saying, no, this is too hard. This is never going to work. How are you going to do this for three years? You're never going to go out ever again. You're never going to have any fun, you know? And we're just like, no, God said that we need to get out of this debt. So we set ourselves up um, in the plan that we felt led by the Lord in, started tithing and all those things. And wouldn't you know that different uh, loans and creditors and things, we would call them and we're like, oh, we 
we actually forgave that debt. Oh, we're actually settling for less than that. We actually had a second mortgage that was coming due soon. And uh, I, I want to say it was, it was 30 grand, I think is what it was. It was going to be coming due soon. And we had one of those loans. You remember back before like 2008, like when everybody had all the crazy loans and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, we had one of those. And uh, so 30000 was uh, coming due soon. And um, they actually contacted us and said, we're trying a new program where instead of selling this off to another loan company, we're giving the homeowners an opportunity to buy the second mortgage. So we will sell you this $30,000 uh, loan for eleven grand, but you have to come up with it in 30 days. And so we're like, oh man, that is a fantastic deal. I think, I think we can do this. And so we started selling everything. My husband sold everything in his studio. We sold furniture. We sold toys. Like the kids thought they were next and like sold everything. I think we borrowed $3,000 from my parents and then paid it back like a, a couple weeks later. Um, but we made that 11 grand. We were able to pay that down. Long story short, God put his supernatural on our natural and we had $60,000 debt gone in six months. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. This, this is what I mean by take a step. The enemy's going to war. This is going to take you forever. You're never going to have any fun. You know, we have inside information from Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is like, trust me, you want to do this, <laughs> right? Six months later, debt's gone. Hallelujah. So, this is not a thing where if God wants to bless me financially, it's just going to fall in my lap. He must not have called me to finances. No. Amen. Go and tread. Go take the land. Amen. Many people think that these things are just going to fall on them, but they haven't tread on anything yet. Okay? So walk on top of the devil. Walk on top of the diagnosis. Walk on top of the slander and gossip. Walk on top of the bad financial news. If you didn't tread on it, then he didn't give it to you. If you didn't tread on it, he didn't give it to you. Right? He says, everywhere the sole of your foot touches, I am giving you that land. Amen? So you must tread on it. Amen? Jesus defeated it, but you must tread on it. Now, what is the spiritual armor that's on your feet? Peace. Tread on it with peace. I'm stomping on the enemy's head, and there's nothing he can do about it. This is going to be good. Amen? Trusting that God is always good. Taking ground is not just for yourself. Amen? We want to preach the gospel, and we want to see the kingdom advance. This is really hard to do when we're struggling with sickness, poverty, and depression. Amen? So your breakthroughs and you taking ground is not just for yourself, okay? The kingdom is more community, legacy-based. It's the kingdom of this world that is more self-based. Amen? Okay? We're meant to go and preach the gospel and see the captives set free. This is why the enemy wars so hard against us and tries to keep us in weariness and in depression and all the things, okay? So it's time to take a step and back the enemy up, amen? Take ground for the kingdom, get Jesus everything that he paid for. What we're doing here and what we're doing in this place is we are preparing the bride, amen? We're preparing the bride, 
Amen. We're, we're not trying to um, have the best coffee so that we can have people come in here and grow a bunch of people because this is going to make us feel good or look good, right? Like this is like we're preaching truth so that we can see the captive set free, so that we can see a, a spotless bride that's got her army boots on, that's taking ground for the kingdom, amen, because that's what Jesus said, that he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her, amen. You have the keys. Turn to five people, tell them, you have the keys. <laughs> tell them, you have authority. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 So I want us to do an activation real quick. Let's, let's just go after that little tiny weariness demon. Okay? Now, I, I want to say this, like, there's, there's demonic stuff that will try to keep you weary. It's also very weary to be on this tree. So ask the Lord what's happening for you, okay? Like this tree over here is rest and peace. This tree is striving, never good enough, never worthy. Does this make sense? So let's all stand up. Woo, I feel the bride arising. <laughs> Woo, awesome, yeah. So we're going to do this as a church family. Um, not everyone's been struggling with weariness, and that's okay. But we're going to back the enemy off, okay? And this is what I want you to do. We're going to stomp together. And we're going to yell, weariness, get out. In your, your loudest tribal yell. <laughs> okay? So on the count of three, you're going to stomp and yell, weariness, get out. One, two, three. Weariness, get out! In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to stomp over here. We're going to do it again. We're going to say, heaviness, get out. One, two, three. Heaviness, get out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. What else? What else? Hmm. Fear and intimidation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fear and intimidation. One, two, three. Fear and intimidation, get out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, sickness. One, two, three. Sickness, get out in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I think he says we're done. <laughs> do you want to? 